to 10-0, the podcast by Train Like a Gymnast. I'm your host, Danielle Gray. 10-0 brings together gymnasts, former gymnasts, coaches, judges, and gymnastics enthusiasts to delve into deep conversations about behavior, mental state, physical training, personal growth, success, and more, all learned through the sport of gymnastics. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. Today we hear from Rebecca Smith from Complete Performance Coaching about how she coaches athletes to perform happy, gain confidence, and eliminate fear in their sport especially in the intense gymnastics climate. I teach them things like self-acceptance goals. So we like to set goals, but then there's got to be this underlying goal of even if I don't reach my goal, I am okay. I am good. I am worthy. Even if I totally blow it, I'm still okay and worthy. And if they've got that going on, then they don't have to have this frantic, stressed out, like can't breathe run toward the finish line or else kind right. of mentality, then they can be like, oh, well, actually, I just really want to get this skill because it's cool. And I want to do well because I love it right. instead of oh, I have to or yeah. else. But first, a word from our sponsor. All right. Um, all right. So go ahead and give a little intro of who you are and what you do. Hey, hi. I am Coach Rebecca Smith, the founder and director of Complete Performance Coaching. We specialize in helping young athletes, specifically gymnasts and a lot of figure skaters, sort of the scary sport athletes, build confidence, overcome fear. And we do it through one-on-one coaching, all virtual. So it's all Skype and FaceTime. And then we also have an online community called the Perform Happy Community, where we basically help young athletes thrive and get over the demons so they can be their best. Ooh, that's very, I love how you said that. So demons, what, what are those demons? Like what are the biggest things that you've noticed that holds athletes back or parents of athletes from them succeeding and performing better? Yes. So the number one is fear. No question. Fear. It's, it's what held me back. It's what held, holds back basically every athlete who comes to me. It's, uh, and there's two forms. One is the, is sort of skill-based fear that comes up in practice more often where they can go to a competition, do great, pull it together, have an awesome meet. And then they go back to the gym and all of a sudden they can't do their skills anymore. And there's the other type of fear, which is the, you do great in practice, but then you go to a meet and you fall apart. And, and that translates to a lot of different sports and beyond sport, but those are kind of the main, the main two is that the perfectionism and being like really tightly wound prevents you from being your best in practice or the, uh, the pressure to succeed takes you down in competition and makes it so that your body tenses up and you can't, you just can't perform the way that you can in the other So the goal for most people is to get it to all even out best, the best you can at practice and the best you can at a competition. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So did you, did you do gymnastics as well? I did. Yeah. I was a gymnast from age two, started with the the tots with my mom. And then I got too wild by kindergarten. So my mom pulled me out for a little bit and then I was back in and felt just head over heels in love with gymnastics and did it until I was 14. And the fear was what took me out of it, actually. It's just how it all kind of came full circle for me with this. Care to elaborate on that a little bit? Like, what was your personal experience? Maybe someone's going through that right now, and they see, oh, I have hope to actually help people in my future as well. 
Yes. So I was both types of fear. A lot of the time people are one or the other. I was lucky. I was both. I was the kid who on the beam, I would like, I would shake so hard that I, I think my first beam routine, I got like a four or a five because I was so wobbly because I was shaking. I was convulsing on the beam because I was so terrified. So there was that. And then in the gym, I was totally hit or miss. I could do my tumbling one day and the next day I couldn't do it. I could do my back walkover on the high beam one day and I couldn't do it the next, or I'd have to have my coach put one finger against my back to, mm-hmm. so that I knew she was standing there so that then I could go for it. And then she would get frustrated. It was, ugh, I would, I, but I cared and I tried and I was a nice kid and I had nice form. And so they were kind of willing to deal with me anyway, even though I was the gym head case. <laughs> oh, it was so stressful because then I had a couple coaches. One coach was really sweet and would always put her finger against my back. And then one coach was like, do it or get off my beam. And so like, but neither of them really worked. Right. Right. So that, that was the trouble was that they tried everything they could and it, and it just, it could not make me do the skills my body was capable of. And so eventually I gave up. Right. Right. So (sighs) is, is that why you decided to focus on fear and anxiety in your business or have you like come across maybe coaching techniques that are affecting like you like you said affecting athletes performance and you want to kind of like be that third you know maybe they do have the polar opposite coaches and you want to be that kind of third angle and perspective for them yeah so i my path to this career was i mean i knew from the from age 12 at gymnastics camp when a sports psychologist talked us through a visualization i was like i want to be a sports psychologist done like that is the coolest career i've ever I could ever even fathom. So I knew I wanted to, but I, it was sort of a meandering path and I ended up coaching gymnastics for a long time in between. And I found myself yelling at the kids. I found myself spotting or not spotting. I, I found myself doing the same. Like I'm trying to be really nice. Okay. I'm trying to be really mean. Oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I get this kid to go for the skill? I tried all the stuff and none of it worked. And so I was, I was so frustrated that I was like, there's got to be a way there's got to be a way. It's not that these, these super talented, sweet, wonderful perfectionist kids are just doomed. So I, in grad school, I dove into the research around fear and skill loss and was like, I'm going to figure this thing out. So it was basically my grad school project was doing every paper I had to write. I was like, I'm writing it on fear. I'm writing it on anxiety. I'm writing it on gymnastics. I'm writing it on trampoline. I'm writing it on diving. I was like all the fear, like I'm going to figure this thing out. And then when I started um, doing more remote consulting, so working with kids all over the U S I found that people were all coming to me for fear because they had heard my story. Mm-hmm. And so that's literally what I do all day, every day is back to back 12 year old level sevens who are afraid of going backwards yeah. all day. <laughs> and so I've gotten really, really good at it through just a ton of research, essentially my own trial and error, but then also these kids being like, we'll try it. Okay. We'll try it. And then they start to get the results. And then now I know for sure there is hope. It was before when I first started working with clients, I was like, I really hope I can help you because that would be great for my inner 12 year old if I could help you. Right. And now I know that I can, and it's just the most gratifying thing because then these 14 year olds are not quitting their sport. They're going on to, to, you know, live their dreams or at least another year in the sport that they love. Right. 
And does, does shame ever come up in your conversation? So for example, you know, you have the fear of this, but you know, from my personal experience too, if you didn't do something right, or you didn't go for something or your coach got mad, you know, you would, your coach would be disappointed in you. Your teammates might ridicule you. And then you feel like I'm a bad gymnast. I'm this and that not guilty for, Oh, I know I can do this. I didn't do that. But shame actually like thinking I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'm X, Y, and Z. And how do you, if that comes up in your conversations, how do you kind of talk them out of that shame talk? Yes. So that's like probably at least 50% of the problem is the way that the way we talk to ourselves in those, you know, scary moments going, I'm basically these kids are so identified with their sport. Sorry, that sound. Um, these, <laughs> these kids are so identified with their sport that they feel like if I fail at my sport, I am a failure, which is basically shame is that it's that feeling of not just I did something bad, but I am bad. I am not good. And, and so when, when they fail, they feel like a failure. When their coach says you're failing, they feel like a failure. When their parent says you're failing, even though that's not really the words that their coach or parent are using, but that's what it feels like. Like I, I'm a failure. I'm no good. My talent has run out. And so what we do often is I'll have them write down all the negative thoughts. You know, what are the thoughts that would come up when you're standing there on the beam and you're feeling like you're going to stall out or when you're, frustrated or you're overwhelmed or you're, you're struggling. What would you, what are the thoughts? What are the worries? What are the fears? And I have them just write them all out and people are like, Oh, I'm going to have so many. And they'll usually write down like five or six and be like, (laughs) well, it's actually just those ones, which typically are something like, what ifs, you know, what if I get hurt? What if I let my coaches down? Um, what if I, what if I don't go, what if I get afraid? It's like fear of fear. And so whatever those are for, and everybody's different, then we'll look at it and go, okay, are these useful? Are these thoughts? Is it true? Is it useful? And what might be more useful? So if they're in this, like, I'm not good, then we'll go, okay, let's find some evidence that you are good. You mean to tell me you're a level eight gymnast and you're not good at gymnastics? Like that. There's a mismatch there. Uh, often I can find it. So you're a level 10 gymnast and you're telling me that you're no good. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk that through. And then they're like, well, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> like, like you say, having somebody come in who's not the parent or the coach, I can be neutral and be like, well, what's the truth? Actually, like, I don't know. Maybe you are not no good, but I don't, but let's be sure about that before you commit to it. Right. And then, and I teach them things like um, self-acceptance goals. So we like to set goals, but then there's got to be this underlying goal of even if I don't reach my goal, I am okay. I am good. I am worthy. Even if I totally blow it, I'm still okay and worthy. And if they've got that going on, then they don't have to have this frantic, stressed out, like can't breathe, run toward the finish line or else kind of mentality, then they can be like, oh, well, actually, I just really want to get this skill because it's cool. And I want to do well because I love it instead of I have to or else. Exactly. And I think that's, I wish it would existed, you know, back then, but (laughs) that is exactly (laughs) what so many girls end up leaving the sport, you know, for and because, especially elite gymnasts, because 
you know, it becomes a must, it becomes a have to, it becomes a job, an obligation, a chore, then it feels like work, then you lose the fun, then you don't feel like doing it, you dread going to practice. And that sport that you love so much, especially after you leave and look back, you're like, wow, I miss it. I need to be a part of it. That's why we both ended up back in the same yeah. sport and career. Um, you know, it's that, it's that cycle. And I think that is really something that's going on right now in the sport of gymnastics that I feel like a lot of parents are also holding their children back. I just had somebody uh, message me a couple weeks ago about if she should put her daughter into gymnastics. And that never used to be a question before it was just like gymnastics is the best sport to start your kids in for like body awareness and and now the kind of atmosphere and and vibe of gymnastics has kind of been tainted and I'm really curious to see how next year's olympics go so what do you think about the uh the atmosphere of gymnastics right now and all the changes going on do you have opinions do you have maybe like some thoughts about what's going to happen yes yeah, so i I, all I know is what, you know, my little sphere of influence is. And so my, my one of my goals as you know, being a high performance coach and being specifically involved in the sport of gymnastics is that I want to help parents and coaches raise help, happy, healthy, successful athletes in that order, happy, healthy, successful, where I think for forever, for this you know, the last 20, 30 years, at least it's been successful athletes and then hopefully happy, healthy sort of trails behind somewhere. Mm -hmm. But if not, it's fine because you got your medals. Yeah. And that's so not, you know, I, I work with like adolescents. I work with 12-year-olds, girls who they, there's still so much of life not just gymnastics. Yeah. Gymnastics, you're going to age out by 17, right? Or, or maybe if you're really lucky, you'll get through college and be 22. Right. But then you've got a whole bunch more life to live. Yep. So what's like, why are we sort of destroying the human psyche for 15 years to then either make it to that college or not make it to the Olympics or not make it to that level or not? You know, what if you get injured? What if, what if you get a setback? who are you going to be? So right. that's, oh, so my, my whole, my whole purpose is to have these, you know, 14 year old happy kids who, yeah. who they're in control of their body. They're in control of their mind. If somebody tells them do it or get off my beam and they don't feel safe, they get off the beam. You know, like I, I would rather that the kids I work with have life skills to advocate for themselves, to be strong women and men, to be you know, business owners, to be leaders, to be wives and husbands and daughters and friends that are worth spending time with. That to me is more important for my little girls and for the girls that I work with. And anybody who's, who really wants their kid to win at all costs, they're just not going to work with me, you know, and that's okay. Everybody can, <laughs> you can go work with somebody else. But for me, it's like, if, if I've had parents actually go um, can you help my daughter realize she needs to lose weight so that she can get better at gymnastics? And I just am like, oh God, can I get in a room with your daughter without you, mom, so that I can talk to her about what's really going on? But but typically I'll be like, you know, I don't think it's a fit. Yeah. Because that that's the culture shift that has to happen in gymnastics is that yes, we can be excellent. Yes, we can strive for excellence. But if it's at the cost of health, mental or physical, then it's just that that can't be acceptable anymore. Right. That's my perspective. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I agree. 
what do you, well, I have a couple more questions too. Let me see which order I want to ask these in. Um, let's go into, all right, the whole playing devil's advocate. Now those people who say, well, not everybody, you know, should get a participation trophy and this and that, like, you know, not everybody can be winners. That's why we have first place, second place, third place. So what do you say to those types of people who, who do value, you know, success and hard work and this and that and not, you know, oh, I don't feel like doing my skill today and getting away with it because you just don't feel like anything. Yes. So most of the girls that I work with are, you know, the, the typical gymnast type A, high strung (laughs) achievers, straight A's in school. And often I will tell, I will kind of help them lighten up a little bit. And I go, okay, what's the risk, like the true risk that you are going to become a slacker? Like Danielle, I'm sure you fall into this category. What's the risk of you becoming a slacker? Like pretty slim, right? So if we were to cut down the stress and allow you to just enjoy and maybe get just an A instead of an A plus, but get to have this amazing happy life, wouldn't that be so much better? So that, so the first, first part of the answer is that most of the kids I work with, they're not at risk of being lazy. These are not kids that are going to just be like, Oh, forget it. I'm not going to do that extra set of conditioning. No, they're going to be like, I have to, because I need to, because I want to be perfect because I'm just (laughs) wired that way. Yeah. I mean, I go to Bikram yoga and I'm like, I'm going to win yoga you know, because of my gymnastics mind. I'm going to be the best, most sweaty, most slippery, most bendy person in this room because I am just wired that way. So, true. so there's that. But then on the other hand, I, I want people to, to stop fearing failure because that's, that's really what it is. It's this message that failing is not okay. Mm-hmm. And that winning is the only thing that matters. But if you look at if you look at successful athletes, Olympic athletes, they are not the ones who never failed. They're the ones that keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up over and over. When they fall in the, on their face in the dirt, they get back up. Simone Biles, she had a horrible season in 2013. Her her coach scratched her from vault. Was like, you are not vaulting. You're too erratic. What is wrong with you? And instead of being like, oh, well, I peaked, she went on to greatness because she kept getting back up. And that's, that's the thing. So we don't want to be like, it's not okay to fail. We just go, if and when you fail, you learn and you step forward into more greatness later. Yeah. But, but not to discount the value of failure. You know, for parents who are like, win, 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 win. Well, no, either win or learn. It's either yeah. way you're looking good and you're, you're inching towards your greatness. Exactly. Exactly. And I know you mentioned in our, our conversation we had on the phone previously that you think that fear and confidence are opposites. And now why do you say that for our listeners? So that is basically the cure for fear is confidence. I know it's like, Oh, so general, like get, get more confident. You're going to be great. <laughs> if it was only so simple, but yeah. that's, that they're basically two ends of the spectrum. And if you, if your fear is higher than your confidence, then the fear is going to win. If confidence is higher than the fear, then the confidence is going to win. And so a lot of the time when people are struggling either with performance anxiety or with a mental block or skill loss, it's, they have lost confidence. Their brain doesn't believe that there's enough information to know for sure they're going to be okay. 
-hmm. And so that's what confidence is. It's knowing I'm going to be okay. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be, but it's that, it's that solid foundation of it's going to be okay. And that can come in the form of faith, like self-trust, self-belief, but also just knowing you have enough information. Yeah, I've put in the work. I've put in the time. I've done this successfully. I've tried this progression safely. I've done this drill correctly. I'm talking positively to myself. My coaches believe in me. I see it in my head. You, you kind of have all the elements, all the ingredients for confidence. And then the fear, instead of being this loud, booming voice, is just kind of like a whisper in the back of your mind. But the confidence is bigger and louder. And then it doesn't matter. It's not that it's completely gone for a lot of people because it's scary. Gymnastics is intense. Yeah. It's not easy. So of course it's you're getting ready to do something crazy down a four-inch balance beam. Your your brain's gonna be like, You sure about this? <laughs> and then the confidence goes, Yes, I am. And then you go. And so anybody who's dealing with fear, it's you know, the question is how do I build my confidence up in this moment just a little bit so that I can push through? And maybe it's something you say to yourself. Maybe it's someone else who can see the situation more clearly because they're not in fight or flight right now. And they can go, girl, you are ready for this. You are prepared. I believe in you. I've seen you do it. Get out there and kill it. You got this. And that can chill you out. Or you can see it happening in your head where your brain will go, oh yeah, I do know how to do this. It's like you just need, sometimes you just need a little boost of confidence and it comes in many different ways. And for everybody, it's different. So you'll want to know what, what is your booster? What is the thing that gets you over the edge? For me, it's like my husband. He's always like, oh yeah, you're going to fail just like you always do. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> because I know he believes in me so much that I feel ridiculous when I'm like, complaining about being nervous. Absolutely. That's overcoming those, those limiting beliefs. And for those listeners who have never done gymnastics or you're just an athlete or you know, maybe you haven't done a sport, but this, but everything that we're saying can apply to your life in some way. I'm just, I'm thinking about people who can take this fear in general, confidence in general, like certainty, all of this, all of these topics that we're discussing, it can be like, it can be uh, fear of buying a home. It can be, um, you know, uncertain if you're ready for kids. It can be uncertain if you want to ask for a raise and you're you're afraid what your boss will think like all of that stuff fear fear of a presentation or a test if you're a student um so how can how can we help people feel like themselves again take the first step into being their best self living at their full potential performing better you know what is it that what advice can you offer them so for anybody who's in one of those situations those like don't make the wrong decision type of situations, which, oh my gosh, my whole twenties, I feel like was like, don't make the wrong choice. It's going to, you're going to have to live with this forever. I was really in this. As soon as I get this one figured out, the next one will be easy. And then I realized actually, no, they just keep coming. <laughs> they really like life is life. You're just going to have a lot of decisions. So, so take a breath, like take a breath, just relax your shoulders, be present because everything is not falling apart. You know, that was, I always was like, I have to do the right thing. What if I, this, what if I, that? And I'm like, no, 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 everything's cool. I'm okay. You know, that self-acceptance piece. Yeah. I'm okay. All I got to do is what's in front of me. And I'm going to do that to the very best of my ability. So for athletes, it's step, jump, kick point, you know, whatever the physical thing is that you have to do for anyone who's not doing a sport, it's 
pick up the phone and make that call. It's open the mail. It's go to the mortgage broker's office and fill out the application. It's really like we get, I, I think humans, we just get into this whole like, oh, what if it's all going to go wrong? Gymnast, I'm going to, it's all going to crash and burn. Well, okay. So just what's in front of you do that really well. And then the next thing that's in front of you, take a breath, get present and do the next thing really well. And then repeat. And then when your mind spins out to the future, you pull it back to the present. And when it spins back to the past and the, what if this happens again, you come back to the present and go, okay, what's in front of me? Do that really well. And then try and just keep going. Really? That's your only choice. That's all you got to do. If you have problems, you know, the only people who don't have problems are dead. So you got problems and decisions to make the rest of your life. So Uh, I guess the last question I have for you is we ask this to every guest who comes on the podcast is what does it mean to train like a gymnast? So I love, I love thinking about this question because like you mentioned, the culture is shifting. No. So I would say when I was a gymnast or even, you know, before that training like a gymnast is like all or nothing all full out, which there's some really great things about, you know, the, like the, the great side of perfectionism where you are determined and you are committed and you are not in this instant gratification mindset at all. It's long game. You show up and you pay your dues. And then after you try a thousand of that skill, it clicks. And that I love about gymnastics and that training, training like a gymnast is you, you're not in it for instant gratification. You're in it for the long game and those magical experiences of it all falling into place as a result of effort. But then at the same time, there's got to be, you know, I feel like it'd be great if people could get away from perfectionism, accept themselves through the process and know that it is so not linear. It's, it's not as easy as do 1,000 kips and then get, get your kip. It's somebody has to do 20, somebody has to do 5,000, and it's all okay. Yeah. We, just, we just keep training, basically, and, and enjoying it, hopefully, you know, being surrounded by our girls and being in a pack of people who, who love to do it. And we're all sort of suffering and enjoying back and forth, <laughs> suffering together through the, you know, through the yoga class, through the whatever it is, suffering, and then walking out and being like, oh, that was awesome. I feel so great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so good. Everything that we said was just so relatable and applicable. And I hope for everyone listening that you got more than one nugget out of this, uh, these 20, 30 minutes, because I think that was, that was wonderful. So if anybody has questions for Rebecca or wants to get in touch with her or wants coaching, um, go ahead and let them know how they can get a hold of you. Yes. So for one-on-one coaching and for everything, really, the home base is completeperformancecoaching.com. And then I have the online membership program for young athletes. We also have not so young athletes in there as well, but primarily it's, it's a lot of young gymnasts and that's performhappy.com where we have um, a whole bunch of courses and live trainings and lots of great support, direct coaching through the forums with me and with the other CPC coaches. So yeah, completeperformancecoaching.com is the main one and then performhappy.com for the membership. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on 10 um, and I can't wait to be on 
your podcast as well. So for everyone listening, be sure to go ahead and head on over and listen to the episode where I am a guest on Rebecca's podcast. Um, so I will put that in the link so you can just go ahead and uh, click that link in the description and get over there. Yes, the tables will turn shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Danielle, for what you do and for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I know there are hundreds, thousands of podcasts out there, and you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed this episode, there's more coming to you, so be sure to hit subscribe to not miss our next episode. If you're interested in training like a gymnast, go ahead to trainlikeagymnast.com and see if you qualify. Until next time, show the world what you've got. Be outstanding.